Podcast, a weekly podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you a considerably weird distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Christy. And this week, we are back talking paranormal for our 86th episode. It feels really... Jesus. I know. Already? I know. Don't look a day over 20. I'm not. But before we dive into the paranormal location we're going to be discussing, Christy, what is your need for a distraction? Shocker. Is um, it work? Is it house? What is it? It's my house lately. Ah. <laughs> I can shift from work and just completely clean about my house all the time. I was just telling Alex, <laughs> I've lived here two weeks and I'm already receiving bills of the like yin yang of like taxes. And I was like, I lived here fucking two weeks. How did I already with $300 in taxes? I was like, I'm so confused. So. I'm- barely pooped here and you're taxing yes. me already what yes. is up with that and then i spent a little too much money on a little mini vacation last weekend which was super nice to niagara so um a little a little too much spending and oh, a little bit too much but you know what self-care yes it was a good weekend exactly you deserved it yes i did now i tell myself that <laughs> i'm going to make you very unhappy with my distractions so i went Perfect. the route of Finding something weird online to discuss. Yeah. And I found my worst nightmare. Other than the parasite that becomes your tongue for fishes or whatever. No, surprisingly not. So yeah, uh, I forget what episode it was, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, there is a parasite out there that will take like take over a fish and the parasite becomes the fish's tongue. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying. It's awful. But this isn't that. Just... There's a picture. Look for it. Yeah. So... This is what I saw on the All That's Interesting Instagram page. And I'm laughing because I'm so uncomfortable. And the article or the title of it is Man Suffering from Seizures. Find out he's had tapeworms living in his brain for 20 years. 20 years. Two zero. Oh. Yeah. Okay, gross. I totally saw this in, oh, what was it? Maybe a movie or a TV show, but it was... This guy was like suffering from like blackouts and hallucinations because he didn't realize he had like little tapeworm cysts in his head oh, that were like bursting. That's what this is. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so I'll read the post, which once again, check out all that's interesting on their Instagram page. It's all underscore that's underscore interesting. And their caption reads When an otherwise healthy Boston man rushed to the emergency room at Mass. Oh, I should have jolly phonics that word. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Thank you. <laughs> General Hospital. He was suffering from minutes-long seizures and speaking gibberish. He couldn't control his eye movements and appeared agitated and highly disoriented. And when doctors perform an MRI and CT scan, they realized the startling cause of his symptoms, larval cyst of tapeworms, had been embedded in his brain for 20 years. Okay, it sounds really gross and morbid, but I really wish I could have seen that CT scan and scanned it on my table because I would have loved to see what that looked like in the brain. No. Yeah. No. I would really no. Know. I would want to know. It's so fascinating. Uh, I honestly, growing up, I had a lot of fears as a kid. I was a fearful child. One of them being tapeworms. The second I learned about tapeworms, I, no. Mm -mm. Already on my no list. Spiders. (laughs) I don't think you can just stop that from happening though. Snakes, tapeworms. (laughs) Like if it happens, it happens. Quicksand. 
tornadoes. This sounds kind of terrifying. It's, it's so terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's so terrifying. You know what else is terrifying though? This story? The story I'm about to tell you. Please. So for this week's paranormal episode, we're going to be covering another former asylum because apparently the spooky train refuses to leave the station. So for this week, we're going to Winchester, Indiana to learn about the history and the haunts of the Randolph County Infirmary, also known as Randolph County Asylum, the Countryside Care Center, the Country Home, and more. That's like the longest title ever. Yeah, it's got a <laughs> lot of names, but it's mostly known as Randolph County Infirmary. Okay. Yes, and I'm just gonna give a quick trigger warning uh, for discussions of death, suicide, homicide, and well, yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for 86 episodes. You know what's coming. You, you kind of know, but I'm not going to get graphic just so we're clear. Okay. No gore. No gore. So for geographical reference, Winchester is about one hour and 30-ish minutes from the state's capital of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. In doing a quick Google search, Winchester had a population of 4,739 individuals in 2019 and has been in operation since 1820, which is around the time that your house was built, right, Christy? Yeah, she's an old bitch. Yeah, but you know what? It's character. Yeah, it's cute in here. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute here. The floors are unleveled. It's cute. I'm sure the floors are unleveled in Winchester as well. Actually, I, I take the back. I feel like that might be an insult. I'm sorry. Apologies. Your floors are fine. Anyways, let's continue. <laughs> in terms of the location that we'll be chatting about today, land was reportedly purchased by the county in about 1851 to create what was formerly known as a house, which some may recall in episode 12, we had mentioned that the Rolling Hills Asylum, which we've been to in real life, pre-COVID world shutdown, uh, was also classified as a poorhouse. So this was also a poorhouse. If you're new to the show and maybe don't know what a poorhouse is or was, I'll break it down for you. So the conception of poorhouses came from 17th century England, where municipalities had expectations to take care of those within their community who were unable to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So these individuals included those with mental and physical illnesses, single mothers, the elderly, orphans, and those living in poverty, kind of hence the name. Poorhouse, poor yeah. The poorhouses were designed to have individuals live in the house, like in the facility, and also work simultaneously. So eventually, some, I'm gonna speculate, some, if not most, became self sufficient. Okay. It kind of became its own little hub, its own little town within a with a town. You know what I mean? Well, it could be self-sufficient. Yeah. According to the Haunted Randolph County website, the land that was purchased in 1851 had a building on it already, which supposedly served 13 patients in the beginning. By 1852, it's been documented that a Mr. and Mrs. Fitzgerald were hired to take care of the residents for approximately $500 a year, which in 1852, that must have been like some dough, you know? Well, today's day, that amount of money is nothing. That's what I forgot. I forgot to do the from today's money from 1852. Mm. Now we'll never know. Might as well just cancel the show as <laughs> is. Just cut it. Just cut it. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, so it was a lot of money back then. Yes. By 1853, a new building would be built, which would allow for room for 16 people. So we added three more spots Ooh. from 13 to 16. Bumping. I know. But unfortunately, this building was perished in a fire oh. in 1854. So it was only for a year that things were 
Good. Yeah. Then by 1855 to 1856, a new two-story brick building was constructed on the property. This building, though, would be demolished due to poor condition. Not sure the specifics, but regardless, it seemed to be kind of like back to the drawing board for whoever was building these buildings. <laughs> because they clearly didn't do it very well the first time. Well, either couldn't do it very well or just had really shitty luck. Yeah. I think burn down. Yeah. Ugh, just terrible luck. The infirmary that we know today was built in 1899 with a continued notion that it would be for individuals within the community who were deemed unable to either care for themselves or fully participate in society. The 50,000 square foot building that was built boasted six large wards, several private rooms, on-site laundry, a kitchen, and two dining rooms, one for women and one for men. Referencing the haunted Randolph County website again, the property had a pump house, which is an outbuilding that keeps the water system part that resides outside of the well from freezing. It's like its own little house. Okay. I had to Google it because I had no idea. I was like, a pump house? What does that mean? Like we're pumping it up, it's gonna work, it's a gym, it's just an old word for a gym. I was thinking I, like an outhouse when he went that route. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, we, we are educated folks, mm. but there's just some things we were not educated on. Yes. Like pump houses. But now we know. And now you know, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, they also had a regular barn and a hay barn because you have to keep them separate. Okay. You got to keep the hay stuff over there and the regular stuff over there. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask. I don't know. Hey, it's gonna stay dry. Yeah, yeah, I guess. They also had a machine shed. Don't know what kind of machines were in there, but machines? Mm. Question mark. Sounds like a Texas chainsaw shed. How did you get get there? I don't know. I just <laughs> I was picturing to see where they're in the shed. Oh, with all the chain. And yeah. Like just the, everything just... If you don't know what we're talking about, there's a scene where isn't it like a bunch of chainsaws that are hanging? Like machetes, like they're all yeah. hanging upside down, and like hiding in it. And I was like, it's a death shed. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are going to die. This is what you always do. Yeah. You go to a little place where you shouldn't go. The death shed, AKA a machine shed. Yes, of course. They also had a garage, a chicken house, and a cemetery. Oh. A house for the chickens. Now this may sound like an okay place at first glance. You get food, shelter, and assistance. Like you are mm -hmm. given a lot of things. However, as regular listeners of the show or those who have absorbed the information about poorhouses and asylums prior to listening to us may know, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Approximately up to 1,500 people went through the doors of Randolph County Infirmary during its time, and some suspect that not all of those who entered have left. This may be due to the alleged reports of trauma that took place on the property. For example, it's been documented that allegedly patients that resided at Randolph County were supposedly over-medicated often and faced maltreatment. While watching the Destination Fear episode about Randolph County, historian Ted Martin noted that doctors and nurses weren't, quote, running around at the infirmary and that the superintendents in the early 1900s were farmers. So healthcare basically sounded to be kind of more of a fend for yourself situation. Yeah, it's like no one was like trained at all in that kind of field. Well, exactly. And I, I kind of doubt that back then they would have the up to standards training for a lot of the cases that they did deal with, right? Oh, probably not. Because you had people that were, you know, physically unwell, 
mentally unwell you had people that were just there because they were single parents like you had a, such a wide range of a population for those wondering there were supposedly staff at randolph county however it's been suspected that they probably didn't come fully equipped or properly trained to treat all the different diagnoses and the needs of the patients i also question how trained staff were when it comes to the patients that would pass away on site which mm. speaking of death it's been suspected that 200 people had died in the infirmary, with 50 of them being buried in unmarked graves on the property. I don't know where the 150 of the other ones are, if they were maybe taken to a different cemetery to be with family members. It's, it's hard to say. The fact that there was even 50 unmarked graves is still 50 too many. Yes. Some of the deaths were poorly caused by tuberculosis, good old TB, mm -hmm. while others were either caused by other illnesses, suicide, or homicide. Suspected homicide. I should say Is suspected. There's one situation we're going to talk about where it seems to be that way. So I'm going to go over some of the somewhat publicly documented deaths on the property. And the first being that of a patient named Carl Jennings. On April 10th, 1924, Carl had walked out of the infirmary at approximately 4 p.m. to go tend to the cows. I'm going to now reference a Star Press article to paint the picture further in a direct quote. When crossing the road in front of the infirmary, he, being Carl, mm -hmm. saw two machines coming from opposite directions. It is thought that he became confused and stepped in front of one of the cars, which was driven by a man residing in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was knocked down and fatally injured, end quote. Was hit by a car? Yeah. I would think so. But, but, yeah. <laughs> no shit. It was knocked down and died. <laughs> fatally he injured. ran it. Oh, ran it run. It's kind of confusing because I read reports on it and people don't know if he purposefully walked out. Mm in front it says he got confused and walked out but i read some other articles that were like yeah we're looking into why why like cause of kind of cause of situation unknown then there is the reported death of a patient by the name of john oliver champ john who was in his 80s at the time was supposedly pushed out of the second story window by other patients However, some reports query whether they were pushed out or if they jumped themselves. Bad whatever way it happened, he jumped or he pushed. Either way, yeah, it's still tragic, right? As far as my memory from the episode, the um, Destination Fair episode, I think they had said that he was in a wheelchair. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Just, mm. ugh, just tragedy. Absolute tragedy. Based off of the Haunted Randolph County website, there was a patient by the name of Mary J... Blair, who supposedly passed away at the asylum after giving birth to her child. Hmm. Referencing, again, the Randolph County, the Haunted Randolph County website. Yes. Another patient by the name of Philip Frazy, or Fraze, died nearby after being hit by a car sometime in 1941. So there's also a lot of car accidents just happening nearby, too. Everyone's a very dangerous driver or something, or something's happening. I mean, it was the early 19th century. I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. Just very not great drivers. One more car is new again? I don't know, okay. Christy. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> not but skilled enough. So. Not skilled enough. I didn't know what a pump house was. 
That's fair. Do you think I know when cars were made? No. Okay. Yeah. Going back to the 1930s, a patient by the name of Ida Gunkel was dropped off at the infirmary by her adult son after he was unable to further care for her. Ida had a diagnosis of neurosyphilis, which according to the HealthLink BC website is where there is a syphilis bacterial infection of the brain and spinal cord, which leads to the breaking down of the nervous system. This breakdown eventually leads to the inability to have function over your legs, eyesight, arms, and mental capabilities. The HealthLink BC website further explained that symptoms of neurosyphilis include personality changes, hearing loss, vision problems, concentration issues, memory concerns, difficulty speaking or understanding speech, tremors in the fingers and lips, mild headaches, and more. So Ida's son was taking care of her for a while as far as my understanding, I might be speculating here. Mm -hmm. It was becoming too much she for him. Syphilis. Well, yeah, neuro neurosyphilis, which let syphilis go too far. Yeah, that that's a lot. That that's bad. That's that's bad. That's bad. Um, I can't imagine that being easy to treat. Oh no, by any shape or form. I don't even know what the treatment is. Cause... No, neither. I didn't look into that far. I just got no. the, the the symptoms and the definition. I was like, this is scary. This is tapeworm scary to me. <laughs> We're back to the tapeworms again. We're back to the tapeworm anxiety. But yeah, essentially, then I, I'm assuming he probably was maybe struggling with caregiver burnout and then mm. so dropped her off at Randolph County Infirmary. And let's just say things there weren't going well because once again, you're being dropped off at a place where staff aren't really trained to deal with that, to deal with that, let alone Anything most things. There. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So staff were struggling in order to try and take care of Ida. And it is believed that she would be locked in a room within the basement at night. Not sure specifically why, but that's what was stated in the Destination Fear episode. Yeah, so needless to say, it was one of those situations, and I feel like we've encountered this previously in talking about you know, old asylums or infirmaries or hospitals or whatever, mm -hmm. that staff are so overwhelmed, so undertrained, so understaffed, like so short-staffed and yeah. everything that it got to a point where they just put people in rooms and lock them away and just try to do for the best because you're like, I can't base, do that right now. Yeah, basically. And I'm not saying that's right by any means, shape or form, but that's no. what they had. I guess that's what they thought they had to do. And it's fun. Sad. Yeah. And that, that kind of stuff leaves, in my mind, it leaves scars on a building, like leaving imprints of trauma. Oh, yeah. Like I was locked in a basement for how many days? Who knows? And what they like, I don't know what the outcome of. When you're, again, your syphilis gets so bad, it's neurosyphilis, and what just happens after neurosyphilis? I don't yeah. know. Death? I don't yeah, know. exactly. Just going to give a quick trigger warning right here as I'm about to discuss suicide. So if this is something that you are not maybe in the headspace to listen to, maybe skip ahead about two minutes. Sound like a plan? Cool. Okay, we're going to proceed. Uh, in that Destination Fear episode that I watched, it was further explained that one night Ida had asked staff for a broom, which they gave to her. The next morning, staff allegedly found Ida having hung herself in her room, somehow using the broom and the pipe. So I don't know if she already had like a rope or what was going on, but for what I picture is that she probably had the broom, tied a rope and yeah. Yeah, she like propped the broom up on something that could yeah. hold maybe the pipes and then use that. Yeah, that's yeah. Why would you, why, why, my why would you give the lady a room? room? Like, do you expect her to clean her room? No. Probably not. I mean, who, and who knows what kind of, what was said in the conversation. Like, we don't know the details, no. but still, it's just, it, another tragic situation, right? Mm -hmm. And time after time, these tragic situations, they leave imprints. Like, I know some people don't believe in the whole energy imprint thing. I get it. 
it is what it is, but I am a firm believer that if something tragic happens in a place, especially like repeated traumatic things happen in one specific place, mm-hmm. it leaves something behind. I don't know what to call it. If it is just energy. Yeah, energy or like just eeriness about yeah. it. Just, and it just like leaves a stain on it, like a bad name. Yeah, or... it's, it's, I don't know. But these deaths, as mentioned, are only a few of the ones that took place that I came across in my research. There's probably, well, I mean, there's 200 and that was what, like mm-hmm. three or, or five, four? Oh, yeah. yeah, not very many. Exactly. So those are the ones that are publicly out there that I was able to find. But who knows what other kind of stories and traumatic things went on there. It could be worse things, which yeah, we don't want to know. Yes. So the infirmary closed in 2008, which at the time there were supposedly five patients remaining living there that I believe were transferred to other facilities. The building was then purchased in 2015 by Chris Musgrove, Adam Kimmel, and Dan Allen from the county. So they, these three men bought the property in the building, everything on it, including the pump house and the hay yard or whatever that's still standing, gotcha. bought it from Randolph County. Okay. The new owners opened up the building to paranormal investigators to roam the building's halls to see if there is anything going bump in the night and also for historical tours. It's not just all about ghosts all the time, but... Bump in the night? Bump in the night. I know. I, okay. I'm trying to make things light, okay? This is, this is dark. I'm trying to see what shit's going on. Yeah. We're not a comedy podcast by labeling, but we'd like to try and make things light. Well, it's going to be punny. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Uh, so the Randolph County Infirmary offers daytime history tours, many paranormal haunts being up to two hours long, along with overnight private investigations. Really? Which begs the question, Christy, when we can go into the States, will you go to Randolph County Infirmary with me? Probably. Cool. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool. Uh, well, I think it's time to shift gears and discuss the reported haunts that supposedly have taken place. At the Randolph County Infirmary. I'm excited. So this is the first paranormal location that I've covered where I've been able to use my new Discovery Plus subscription. (laughs) And as an update, it's worth the money. Do it. If you're in Canada listening, we have Discovery Plus now. You should get it. It's worth the $4.99. Yeah. Plus tax. But yeah, it's worth it. Ugh. Anyways, I decided to watch the Randolph County Infirmary episode from the show, as I already mentioned, Destination Fear. Uh, for those who have never seen the show, it's obviously a paranormal show <laughs> that follows Dakota Layden, his sister Chelsea, and their friends Tanner Wiseman and Alex Schroeder as they RV across America and visit some of the most notorious haunted locations across the country, aka my dream job. If only. If only. Uh, But fun fact, Dakota used to work with the Ghost Adventures crew. So he used to roll with our boy Zach Beggins. When Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, poor Aaron. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, the four ended up going to Randolph County Infirmary for their ninth episode of season two, which was aired on November 7th, 2020. The crew had been to this location previously in 2015, where one of the investigators, Tanner, reportedly caught a door closing by itself on camera in the basement, aka where Ida was. Love it. Yeah, very spooky. The paranormal encounters I'm going to discuss going forward are based off of the 2020 Destination Fear episode, which is basically going to be a kind of a Sparks Note version of it. I'm not going to give it in graphic detail. Perfect. I'm just giving you the meat and potatoes of the ghosty stuff. With the bits. Yes. The good bits. So the encounters from the Destination Fear episode includes the following. 
So in the room within the basement that Ida Gunkel supposedly used to be in before her death, some claim that people have been scratched if they are speaking poorly of her being Ida or misinforming others of her story. So if you go in and you say something bad about Ida or... You talking know, shit. Yeah, if you're talking smack, you're gonna get scratched. What can I say? <laughs> it's how it goes. If I was Ida, I'd do the same. Like, no bitch, cap. I scratch you if you yeah. fuck shit up. Yeah, if you're gonna talk shit about me, I'm gonna scratch the shit out of you. <laughs> Live or dead, come at me. Frightening. Yeah, very frightening. The investigators reiterated reports of a black shadow-like figure, potentially a demon, that also wanders the basement that becomes physically violent. So we've got a violent shadow figure in the basement, which cool, 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 cool. That's fun. We love a demon. We love a demon. Not really, but yeah, sure, we'll say that, <laughs> I guess. I agree, but wait a minute. Wait, I, I'm already on board, but wait, what's the fine detail of this relationship here? No scratching. Yeah, love a demon if they don't scratch me. Within, uh, within the second story of the building, in what was the men's quarters, people claim to have been grabbed by the neck by an unknown presence. How do you feel about that, Christy? Thoughts, comments, concerns? Well, I like me a little choking, but not by a demon. <laughs> Christy, my dad's a Patreon supporter. Did <laughs> <Could> you not? <laughs> Moving on. Others have reportedly felt as if they have been punched in the gut while roaming this part of the building, once again being the second story. So this is an abusive place. Yeah, don't talk shit and you're gonna get fucked either, up by a demon. Either way, you're gonna get hit. Hit, scratched, whatever. Choked. Oh God, no. All the bad things. All the bad things. Then the Destination Fear episode describes the encounters of the attic which includes feeling like you're being watched along with the feeling that something or someone will run up the stairs towards the attic behind you. So you're walking up the stairs to the attic. I'm running up the stairs in the dark. No, you're walking. You're just walking. No, but pretend. Okay, okay. Like you're that little kid where you like turn the light off, run up the oh, stairs, turn yeah. that light off, run up the stairs. There's a little thing behind you chasing you. And yeah. You're like, I can hide in my bed. I get still me. do that at age 27. <laughs> I, I, I am terrified of my own basement. Terrified of your shadow. Basically, yeah. I said I was terrified of quicksand, Christy. Do you think my shadow is going to be a friendly support or something I'm not afraid of? Probably not. Probably not. So in the episode, the group interviews a paranormal investigator, Stan Reedhart, who informed them about his encounters, including doors opening and slamming shut, along with video footage of shadow figures being caught on camera whilst using a laser grid, which was shown in the Destination Fear episode. So a laser grid basically is a bunch of green lights, like a bunch of little tiny green lights that most paranormal investigators will use. They'll put them up against a wall or something. I think they use them at the Rolling Hills. Yeah, they? yeah, they yeah. were at Rolling Hills. So for yeah. those listening, like essentially it's, it's projected or it's assumed or I don't know, thought that mm you can capture a shadow figure or a presence walking through those green lights. Like you would as if a physical body was doing it. Now you see a break in the lights. Exactly. <laughs> so this video, which is in the episode, highly recommend watching it, especially if you just want to see it for yourself. You can actually see a bunch of different movements happening, like no. breaking the lights. Yeah, it's spooky. I, mm, I, I mean, I'm it. here for it. I want to watch it. Yeah. Exactly. Do it. You have my death, my Discovery Plus login. So. Yes, I will. Yes, so you can watch it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Anytime. After they did this interview, it's down to the investigation for the Destination Fear crew. Uh, things kind of seemed quiet at first. You know, they're doing the, is anybody here? 
Ida, hello, you know, like trying to reach out to mm-hmm. the ghouls and gals that are there until yes. Dakota and Chelsea are sitting on the second floor on the male side. So things are quiet up until this point. Mm-hmm. They placed a motion activated music box on the floor a bit away from them and began ask- asking questions. It plays. You bet your sweet tush it plays. So, and it is terrifying. It's not like a it's not like a happy circus sound like it's it's like a terrifying creepy music box sound oh you look like little like uh, clown things where it's like basically without the clown yes which i don't know which is worse with or without they both suck it's both awful yes so yeah the music box begins to play just as dakota starts asking if presumably the spirits remember the group from when they were there in 2015. tell me that's not an intelligent force yes right Super spooky. Alex and Tanner join Chelsea and Dakota, and the group starts feeling drained, uncomfortable, and just overall like a declined ability to kind of concentrate on the situation. So after this, footsteps or two thuds then can be heard coming from the attic, which is picked up on a camera left in the attic as well. So they're, they left a camera in the attic, all, all you hear is two thuds. Sorry if that was really loud in your headphones, my bad, but... Scaring Ollie over here. Yeah, scaring the, the, the darn cat that's recording with us, but <laughs> yeah, basically it's a really distinct thud. Yes. So they got that on camera, which chef's kiss. On camera? On camera. Can you see anything or no? Mm. You can hear it. Okay. Sometimes hearing is believing, Christy. Okay. Anyways, so Chelsea then goes down into the basement alone. <laughs> uh, regrets. <laughs> regrets. So essentially... What the Destination Fear crew does is they pick locations out of a hat. Mm-hmm. So they'll be within a specific building or okay. a specific place. And they'll pick like the four scariest or most reported activity spots in the building. Okay. That way, it's not like Aaron where he... is fucking shafted all the time. Yeah, like go to the demon hole, Aaron. <laughs> it's, you know, okay, we're going to pick out of a hat. So Chelsea, unfortunately, gets the basement. Mm. So when she's in the basement, she's, you know, trying to talk to the spirit, this, that, and the other. And I, I shit you not, the clearest sounding voice mm-hmm. I've ever heard on a ghost show of an elderly woman saying, hello. That's creepy. Like, it is so clear. I mean, obviously, people can... Go watch the video. Just go watch the video. It's just, it's so mind-boggling. And it's it's creepy. It's creepy as hell. So another layer of this creepiness mm-hmm. is that Chelsea was sitting in front of what was Ida's room. Hmm. Ida saying hello. Yeah, Ida saying hello. The rest of the group then joins Chelsea, in which they also hear what sounds to be another elderly woman's voice call out to them. Like a different tone of voice? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they then try and call out Ida or whatever shadowy demon figure may be down in the basement when a sinister word pops up on their ovulus. So for those unaware, the ovulus is a device that allows spirits to kind of talk through it and it will allow for the word that the spirit is trying to say to pop up on a screen. So it's kind of, I kind of want to refer to it as like a cell phone, but it's Mm -hmm. not, I don't know. Kind of sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, and it makes this, it's like a really weird voice to it. So for example, if a ghost was trying to say popcorn, it'd be like, popcorn. And then the word popcorn would come up on the screen. (laughs) It's like a weird sounding Siri. Basically, yeah, Mm. basically. So the word that came up on the ovulus 
was hematus. Hematus. After looking this definition up online, this is, uh, I think it was Dakota that was pulled out his phone, looked it up. Okay. It was determined that this word is demonic in nature and describe those that are evil, like people that are evil, mm-hmm. cruel, or have unholy qualities. Basically meaning the one who, quote, touches souls. So I'd be uh, out of there. I'd be... Without my soul touched by a demon or something. I would be so far out of that country. Mm -hmm. I would just leave the country. I would just go on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic and say, no... I'd rather have a shark have me than the demon. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be touched by a shark than touched by a demon at this rate. So... Needless to say, they're pretty spooked. This yeah. is this is this is a lot. Uh, the group comes up to the conclusion that Randolph County's basement may be occupied by a demon, shocker, uh, rather than a former patient. Other reports based off the episode include random temperature drops, along with sounds of someone or something moving around the building. So just your typical shuffling or just it sounds as if somebody else is there when there really isn't Mm. like footsteps and all that all that fun stuff you know yes i don't want to hear basically yeah uh to summarize the haunts and incorporating other reports that i found online here is what is said to take place paranormal wise at the randolph county infirmary so random footsteps Mm -hmm. shadow figures being seen on various floors doors opening and or slamming shut disembodied voices, flashlights being turned on and off on command, the good old flashlight trick, mm-hmm. orbs being caught on film or being seen by those exploring the building, physical touches and violent attacks by unknown presence, and overall some belief that the energy within the building could be demonic in nature, given the previously mentioned information. I think so. Yeah, I. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. So I'm gonna ask you again. Yes. Do you want to go? Yes. Okay. Well, that's you heard it here first, folks. We're gonna go. Probably not come back. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun doing this podcast while it lasted. You touch my soul, body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so to kind of summarize this episode in general, mm-hmm. whether you think the Randolph County Infirmary is haunted or not, I think. We can all say and agree that the online and televised reports do point to something spooky that's going on there. Yes. It's unclear if the building is housing its former patients or perhaps something demonic. However, it seems like the current owners have opened its doors for paranormal investigators to explore in order for someone someday to finally figure that out. However, we also need to remember as we try to every single time we discuss asylums or infirmaries or hospitals, that people lived and died within the walls due to a various range of reasons, which may have been traumatic. So we do have to honor the memory and respect the property. So if you do attend on going here, obviously do it. I mean, it's open to the public. Mm-hmm. You have to buy tickets, obviously. It's not just open to the public for everybody to go, but you make have- money off the shit. Yeah, well, yeah. And if you go, don't be a dick. Be polite, be respectful. You have to understand that if there is a paranormal presence going on there, you gotta respect them or else your ass is probably getting scratched. Yes. And if you have gone, please let us know. Tell us your stories. We love to hear people's encounters when they go to reportedly haunted locations. And Christy will let you know how you can do so later on. But that is the Randolph County Infirmary. That was a fun little thing. Yeah, I, I really, I enjoyed learning about this place. But you know what also I loved? 
doing while doing this? Your resources. Yeah, I loved gathering all my little resources. So, big old shout out to the Haunted Randolph County website. The Destination Fear episode, season two, episode nine. Good old Google Maps, so I could get my geographical bearings in place. History article, Poor Houses Were Designed to Punish People for Their Poverty by Aaron Blakemore on January 30th, 2018. The Little Construction website, Why You Should Have a Pump House Built or Repaired Before Winter Comes by Brady Anderson. Oh dear. Well, I needed to know what a pump house was. I, we're all educated now. Yes, for yes, the better. For the better. Uh, the Star Press article dies after being injured by auto, author not listed on April 11th, 1924, not 42, 24. The Brown Paper Tickets website, Randolph Asylum Ghost Hunt, the Fox 59 article, Indies Most Haunted Former Patients Haunt Randolph County Infirmary by Kylie Scales, the HealthLink BC website on their information regarding neurosyphilis and finally the postal history website and as we've been doing lately i will be posting my resources in the show notes so if you want to check them out yourself you can yeah yeah so christy i have done a lot of gabbing done a lot, of, little, a lot of talking over here so a little struggling over there I'm, i've yeah people won't know this but we had to stop and hit record and end and record i can't say words tonight can't say investigators i can't say i've tried so hard to say investigators it's taken me a lot of takes so chrissy can you let these little paranormal investigators listening because now i can say it of course we're at freaking end uh can you let folks know where they can find us how they can support the show where they can contact us and just all that good stuff you tell them at the end of every episode. Yes, me and Ollie will share with you because yes. napping here. Yes, we have Christy's cat napping while we're recording. He has to be attached to me. Yes, to be attached. His That's adorable. Um, so where do you find our show? If you're already listening, you know where to find it. But yes. if you want to tell other friends if any of the platforms, mm-hmm. we are on Apple Podcasts. On there, we would prefer if you go and give kind of review, give some star ratings. That just kind of helps us out for free. And it just gets us more out there for more people to find us. Yeah, the more ratings and reviews we get, the more we're seen in the app and on their website, I guess. I don't know. The computers do things. Those algorithms, numbers, words. Things. Just laptops and stuff. I don't know. But yeah, it, it would mean a lot. That's a really good way to support any kind of podcast for free. If you just leave a rating or review, preferably five stars, because, you know, if you say mean things, we will cry. It has happened. So please don't be do nice. that. Don't do that. Please be nice. <laughs> All right. And that's back to me. Yes. So other than Apple, we are on Spotify, Google, Good Pods, and again, a bunch of other platforms. Mm-hmm. You can search for us. We'll come up. If you also want to support the show, we also have social media platforms to look yes. on. TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Weird Distractions podcast or on Twitter it's Weird Distract I1 because we couldn't have it. Yep. If you're looking for a little bit more of a monetized option, we have our Patreon page. We have two tiers. Go on there, you get bonus content, you get some stickers, get a little shout out. Mm-hmm. Got a shout out to Tom, Bailey, Angela, and John. As always, we love you guys. Thank you so very much. I'm not going to sing because my throat's starting to hurt now. From <laughs> We love you. Thank you. I'll do yes. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, all the extra content, look into that, look it up. You won't regret it. Um, other than Patreon, we also have Buy Me a Coffee and we have merch on Redbubble. So you can go on there and look for different logos on pretty much anything you can find. 
anything you want for Christmas, especially coming up. Yeah, I'm and sure there's lots of promo codes coming up. I was gonna say Redbubble uh, has been having a lot of sales recently. I think I saw one today where they're doing 20 to 60% off. Black Friday. Black Friday, yes. Well, we're recording this on Black Friday, Friday but yes. yeah. And then there's like, what, Cyber Saturday, something Cyber Sunday, Monday. Cyber, I, I don't know. I think it's Cyber Monday. I don't know. <laughs> and there's also Giving Tuesday. Give some of your friends some weird distractions merch. Yum. Give them a sweater. It's getting chilly out there. It's winter. It's here. basically winter if you're in Canada. If you have that kind of climate. <laughs> yeah, if you're in that kind of climate. All right. So look all those things up. Check mm -hmm. this out as always. And then it's just lastly, you're always searching for our listener distraction episodes. So if you have any encounters, anything funny or scary, just anything you want to share with us, please feel free to reach out to us by email at weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. So again, share those stories. We want to hear them. We want to give you more content. Mm -hmm. We want it right now. Also, on a side note, I do want to share that we are always giving you guys content. We hope you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. We always want to share this. We want to get stories out. Yeah. But if, if anybody ever has an issue ever or feel like we're not educated about something not enough and we want to touch on topics or just reach out and give us some more information, always feel free to reach out to us again at the same email and just tell us what's up. We, yeah. want, we want to change something if something's wrong. We want to kind of get to know stuff better or give more detail on this next episode if you missed something. Exactly. So always reach out if you have anything you want to add to us, always. Yeah, like we we obviously have room to grow as people. And I think it's fair to say that if there's ever an episode or a situation where one of us says something or we come across in a very offensive way or just, I don't know, in a way that doesn't sit well with you, please email us and let us know. We want feedback. Yes, always. Yeah, so email us, weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Bye. Hi, I'm Courtney Fenner. And along with my co-host, Amanda Cronin. Hey, hey. We are a Nefarious Nightmare. We are a podcast that covers true crime, the paranormal, weird unsolved mysteries, and all with a personal approach and a sense of humor. We also end our podcast with good life advice, such as wear deodorant or don't be a Richard. Courtney and I have covered cases such as the Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells, Texas, and the tragic death of little Sharon Matthews. We've also covered the case of Gloria Ramirez, who was very unfortunate unfortunately, dubbed the toxic lady in the media. And also, in episode one, we have an interview with Jason Vukovic, the Alaskan Avenger, and his sister, Angelina. So let's all gather around the bonfire and roast serial killers and marshmallows. Yes, yes. Come on in. Come on in. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, pretty much anywhere you find really great podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening and welcome to A Nefarious Nightmare.